I have two verses to start from this morning. One is out of the New Testament. The second one is out of the Old Testament. The first one comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 29. The second one comes out of Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So you can, you can write those down or you can look those up and get prepared for that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 29 says this. See that to you do not refuse him who is speaking. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who spoke on the earth, much less shall we escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has given us a promise saying, this is where we're kind of getting our focus today. Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. And this statement, yet once more, signifies the removal of those things that can be shaken. Things that are created so that only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us be gracious, by which we may serve God acceptably and, re and with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. The second verse that I said this morning, Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6 says, and 6 and 7 says this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while I will shake, what, the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations. And I had stopped there, but let me just finish verse 7. And they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house, house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The message that I have for you this morning is coming out of what the Lord, I believe the Lord has been speaking to me this week. God has impressed upon me some things that are coming. The like of which we have never seen or experienced before. You and I are seeing a shifting upon the earth, and I believe that shifting that's taking a place on the earth is going to shake the very foundations of everything that we trust and believe in. Many are looking for things to go back to normal. Even I was on a, I was on a Zoom call with some of our FCA pastors yesterday, and I was a little bit distressed only because it would seem that many of our pastors are expecting that things are going to go back to normal, go back to the way that it has been. And I do not believe that things are going to go back to normal. I believe that what they call this new normal is what they're going to be pushing forward, that's going to be pushed forward from this day forward. And what we think of the normal is past and gone. And I believe that there are even now things that are taking place behind the scenes that have yet to come out into the open. And when they do come out into the open, they are going to shake the foundations of what we understand and believe in. And I want us as a people of God, as his church, as his bride, to be aware and to be prepared. You see, one of the things as your pastor, I believe, is that it is my duty and it is my call to prepare the church, the bride, or, the, or the, the assembly that God has put me over for what is coming. And I, I, I was in a prayer this past week, and as I was praying, the Lord just spoke to me and said, there's things that are coming that you do not know or you could not understand or expect right now. And God has said in his word that things are going to shake. And even as we've read, 
And Haggai specifically, and again it was concerned, uh, confirmed in, in Hebrews, that there is going to be coming a shaking in the final days. He says, he actually outlines five things that are going to shake. Heaven is going to shake. The earth is going to shake. He says the sea and the dry lands are going to shake. And he says all nations will be shook. In other words, all things will be shaken. And let me first say this this morning. I am not here to present a doom and gloom message that is without hope. But I want us to understand that while Jesus says we are not of this world and our final home is, is in the eternal presence of God, we are currently living in this world and we will see and experience the storms of life and of this world. When this first started, like many, I spoke from Psalm chapter 91. And it says there in Psalm 91, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that pursues in darkness, nor of the destruction that strikes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your, at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. I want us to understand, we're going to see terrors. I want us to understand that the arrows are going to be flung around about us. I want us to understand there is going to be destruction that comes that we see. We will see and experience these things. We will see many things, different things to come. Even this morning, I, I think of the verse out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says this, verse 1, know this. In other words, this is a fact. This is a truth. Know this, it's not going to change. Listen, I can tell you something today. We believe in the power of prayer. But listen, there are things that are ordained in Scripture that are going to happen. We can pray all we want, but God says they're going to happen. Know this, that in the last days, perilous or dangerous or terrifying or extreme times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, slanderers, unrestrained, fierce, despiser, or haters of those who are good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power or denying its power. You do not have to look very far to see these things. And the intensity of thing, these things will only increase. And the reason is, is because God is being pushed out of this world. He is being pushed out of culture. In fact, he's even being pushed in many instances out of the church. And he's being pushed out of every aspect of our society. It even says that even though many would have a form of godliness or a form of religion, in other words, they would have an outward appearance of faith, they completely deny God. And we are seeing that take place today in our world. It used to be that most people had some degree or understanding of faith and even had some respect of faith, of religion or faith. 
People today don't have very much respect. People, in fact, are, are outright denying who God is. They're outright denying his, his supremacy in the world. They're, out they're, they're, they're outright denying that he exists even. Romans 1, I, I, I spoke a little bit about it a couple of weeks back, I believe, but it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify or give thanks to him as God but became futile in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. The foolishness that we see happening today is because although many people would say they believe in God, some would even say they believe in the Bible, some would even call themselves Christians, they do not honor, they do not thank, they do not glorify God, and they do not recognize who God is. They have not surrendered to Him as God, and they do not accept Him as God. And I take this as a warning for us in the church today. You see, you can go to church all your life. You can say that you believe in Jesus. You could have even raised the, your Bible this morning and made the confession that we made. But unless you are recognizing, surrendering, and accepting Him as God, this coming to church and doing all these things is simply a form of godliness without any power behind it. In our world today, especially in Canada and the United States, it is acceptable to kill a baby right up until the day that it is born. Do not tell me that that makes any sort of sense. Do not tell me that a mom or a person, a lady who is pregnant with a child, could be having a baby one day and yet the day before she could literally go in and have that baby aborted. And you not say that that baby is, is not a human being. It's crazy. You know, when we had the big kids come into our home, we had to take we had to take courses from the government. It's so insane because our governments will say, on one hand, a fetus is a fetus; it's not a living human being. They don't feel anything. They don't understand anything. They don't hear anything. They don't do anything. Yet, when we take the course mandated by the government, the people teaching the course taught us that from the moment that that child is conceived all the trauma that they that mom experiences because we're dealing obviously with foster kids and and the different situations that they go through all the trauma that mom experiences that baby experiences as in, and is is impacted by so how can a 10 day old conception of a fetus in a mother's womb how can that fetus experience trauma and be impacted by that and you cannot say that that is a living being. The result the Bible says here is they think they are wise. 
So many people think they are wise today. They think they have the answers for our world. They think they know better than, than God. But in actual fact, the Bible says, thinking they are wise, they become fools. We have this big thing in the world today over racism. And I believe that racism obviously should never exist, especially in the church, because the love of God should be shed abroad in our hearts for all men, all people. But we have people trying to say, we need to love everyone, we need to accept everyone, but they don't want God in the equation. What does the Bible say about God? God is love. Not that God has love. Yes, he does give love. And yes, he does shed that love abroad. abroad but God is love. You remove God from the equation. You are removing love from the equation. You will only have a corruption of that love. You will only have something that resembles love in some manner. But listen, we are seeing in our world today, hatred come forth. Hatred is coming forth in our world today. And the reason is because God has been pushed out. We want genuine, perfect love for people. We need God involved. Let me also say that's why in many marriages, even Christian marriages, there's breakdown in those marriages because God is not the foundation of the marriage. We have God. We have his love. We remove God. We remove his love. I'm here to say today there is coming a shaking and it's going to test the foundation of our very lives. Hebrews said only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. Have you thought about that this morning? And my question for me this morning, my question for you this morning is, are you ready? Are you ready for your foundations to be shaken? Are you ready for what's coming? Are you even ready for the possible persecution that is coming? There is coming a persecution church. The Bible says, Jesus said, if the world hates you, know it is because it hated me before you. And what people look out today and see is that people are doing horrendous things. And if you turn around and say that that is wrong, you are hated. Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So I'm here to tell you today, do not be surprised by persecution that is coming. Do not be surprised by the things that are coming against the church. Many people have thought, oh, this whole thing with COVID, I'm telling you something, there is something sinister and evil behind it. So many people are just following everything that is going on, not questioning it, not understanding what is happening in our world. 
not looking at the logic, not looking at the science behind it. Oh, they say we don't believe in science. No, I believe in science. Let me give you some good news. <laughs> I'm not here to promote a message that suggests that this is... I really don't want to promote a message that suggests that we're just going to, we should just throw up our hands and not do anything. Jesus says, occupy till I come. And I'm telling you something this morning, God is not finished with this world. God is not finished with you. You and I are called to be salt and light in this world. We are called to be examples. We are sent in this world to be witnesses. We are sent in this world to be vessels that are filled with God so that God can express himself through us. He has filled us with life so that that life can flow out from us, from us to those around about us. So God's not done. And while this is, we see the perilous times coming, understand that there is this is the time for the light to shine in the darkness. It is a time for the works of the enemy to be exposed. And I will say this morning that there are countless people at home, in your workplace, living alongside of you, who are facing these same things and who are wondering and even scared and recognizing the state of the world, seeing things that are going on and wondering, where can I look for hope? You see, there are a lot of people who've had a background in this, especially here in North America. And they look out in the world and they see the different things that are happening and, and they see the things that are taking place and they recognize what scriptures have been said even from the young days when they were in Sunday school. And so they are knowing that these difficult times confirms that God's word is true. And if there is ever a time that you question God's word and say, is it true, just look outside. But people are looking for hope. They're looking for an answer. And I'm telling you something, we have an answer this morning. Because even with all these things that are coming into our world, I'll tell you something, I am not afraid. Because there's a foundation that won't be shaken. Hebrews 12 says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. And at the center of that kingdom is Christ. I don't fear. I don't like to be uncomfortable, but I don't fear it. Luke 6, verse 46, 49 says to this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Familiar passage of Scripture. 
You'll recognize it as we read it. Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man who built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house, but could not shake it, for it was founded on rock. But he who hears and does not obey is like a man who built a house on the ground or on the sand without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And this is probably my strongest encouragement today to you. Is how to withstand, how to go through the times that we're talking about. You see, there's two men and they had a lot in common. They both heard the word, it says. They both built a foundation. They both built a house. They both had troubles. Do you notice that? There was no difference in the storm that came against them. Same storm. Yet one survived the storm and one was left in complete ruins. And I can promise you today that you and I will stand intact and whole and complete or we will find ourselves in ruins depending on the, upon the foundation of our lives. It's interesting thing that the first thing that Jesus says, he says, whoever comes to me. And I know that I'm speaking to a church where I know most of you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want us to understand that the, that the first thing is to have a sincere, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. To be fully submitted in repentance and fully trusting him as Lord and Savior. And I want you to notice here, there is only two foundations. It is rock or it is sand. You are either building on rock or you're building on sand. There is no in-between. You can't have one half of your building on your, of, the, of your life on the rock and another half of the building of your life on the sand. And many are trying to do that. They want the blessings and the goodness of God. They want the eternal life that comes with God. But they also don't want to, they also want to keep the other parts of their life for themselves. And it will not work. And the place is to start with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he is the cornerstone. And that there is no salvation found in anyone else. And so we need to set aside everything else. Reject everything else. Set aside trust in everything else. Set aside even ourselves in repentance and look unto him in faith. It is not just believing in Jesus as some historical figure, but having a personal Savior who comes and lives within us. And until you have Christ Jesus, you have nothing. But when you have Jesus Christ living within you, you have all that God has for you. All in all is living with inside of you. And there is no greater foundation for what we face than Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. This is where I want you to focus on this morning. Those of us who have a relationship with Christ. He says, whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them. 
The first action this morning is to hear God's word. Unless you hear God's word, you cannot know God's word. Unless you know God's word, you cannot act upon God's word. And unless you act upon God's word, you cannot experience what God's word says. Does that make sense this morning? You have to first hear what God's saying. You see, God's word, even as we said it, God's word is strength. It is vitality. The Bible says that the words that I speak to you are life. It is a source of hope and faith. God's word is what the Spirit takes and draws upon and uses to encourage and to build us up. God's word gives us the answers of how to face the battles, how to overcome, how to go through the difficulty and hardship, how to face the storms, how to handle the shaking. It's all in here. But unless we take God's word, and unless we hear it, there is no benefit to our lives. And so many people want the, the blessing. They want to experience the things of God. But they're not taking the time to spend listening. And when I say listening, I'm talking about reading and meditating upon the word of God. It's interesting that this particular passage in Luke says that he dug deep. How many caught that? says that he dug deep. There, that, 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 is, that to me is speaking of more than just superficial reading of God's word. You know, it might start off at the beginning as you get into it, that you're like, it's like you're, you know, skimming the surface, so to speak. But the more you get into God's Word, the more that you hear what it says, the deeper the foundation goes, the more God reveals, the more He exposes. You know, sometimes to get to the, to the bedrock of, of laying a foundation, sometimes you have to dig to get to that rock. You know, sometimes there's some, you know, you could say there's sand on the rock that will compromise the foundation unless it is removed. And God's word will expose those things that, so that change can come. You know, as you hear God's word, it exposes unbelief. It exposes sin. It exposes wrong thinking. It exposes the areas of our lives that needs to be changed. And that is be good because... It's good because it gives opportunity for a greater and stronger foundation. But you have to hear it first. And it's not just good enough to hear the preacher on Sunday. It's not good enough just to simply read a verse here and there. There needs to be a developed discipline and reading of reading and eating and consuming the Word of God. And I want to encourage you this morning, as your pastor, let me encourage you that the biggest, one of the greatest priorities of your life should be reading this. It's interesting how many times people will tell me everything that's going on in the news. Everything that's going on in social media, and yes, I follow all those things. But you, then you say, well, what does God's word say about that? I don't know. 
Or you can see the fear, you can see the concern, you can see the things that are coming across their face, and you can tell that they're, they're concerned about different things. You, you think, well, what is God's word? God's word is a promise to us. He, 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 he says that, you know, he will be there. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And you'll hear people say, well, are you sure about that? We need to hear the words of God. Secondly and lastly for today, I would say this, we need to obey the words of God. God can give his word and we can hear it. Even like the foolish man. Remember the foolish man heard the word of God. It says and he heard but he didn't obey. He didn't do it. And so we can hear it and do nothing about it. And simply reading this becomes an exercise in futility. You know, I, 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 I say this. Many times people hear God's word, but they don't listen to God's word. And as a parent, you'll understand what I mean. How many of you ever said to your child, they did something wrong, they did something that you didn't like, did you hear me? You ever been there? And then what's the and then the child says, Yes, I heard you. And then what do you say? Why didn't you listen? You see, there's a difference between hearing and listening. You can be sitting here and hearing me today and walk out, and this message have no impact on your life. It'll all depend upon whether you simply heard or whether you listened. You see, we need to obey God's Word. People want the blessings of God's Word, but they don't want to follow the ways of God's Word. Obe obedience involves alignment. It involves aligning yourself with what God says. God is not moving and changing his word. His word doesn't change. It's why I say at the beginning, God says what he means and means what he says, because I want it to get in us, in our heart, that God's word is not just an authority, but it is the authority. I want to get it into us that it's not just, God's word is not just a standard, it is the standard. It is not just simply a truth or full of truth, it is the truth. And we have to be aligned with it. And obedience brings us into alignment with that. Obedience also involves submission. That's a word that people don't like today. Even Christians don't like this word. Oftentimes we have the attitude in the church, the attitude even in our marriages, the attitude in our lives. Sometimes nobody's going to tell me what to do. Have you ever thought about saying that to God and think about him as creator? The one who gives you life, the one who sustains you, the one who created you, the one who put this world into being, the one who's, who's just done it all, turn to him and say, you know, I don't want you to tell me what to do. If 
if we align ourselves with God's word, we will submit to it and we will yield to it, even if at times we don't understand it. Here's, here's the thing that we need to realize. When you hear and obey God, when you hear and obey his word, he is accountable to his word. He is responsible. But if we don't hear, or, or if we don't, or, or if we do hear, but we don't obey, we take that responsibility upon ourselves. Because we're not trusting in him, but we're trusting in something other than him. And it moves him out of the picture. So we must hear and obey what God says. I would even encourage you, increase the time you take in God's word. In spending time in reading it, studying it, consuming it, take time in God's word. And the promise that he gave to us is this. When the flood arose, he said this of the wise men, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the, that house, but could not shake it. For it was founded on Don't wait for things to get so bad. I know many of you are, 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 are in God's word, but I, if you're not, don't wait for things so, to get so bad. Make sure that the foundation of your life is strong. Make sure that your relationship with Jesus Christ is strong. Make sure that you're hearing and obeying what God's speaking. And I promise you, promise you, yes, you will face storms. Yes, you will face difficulties. But I promise you, your life will stand. The life that God's given you will stand. And I promise you, people will see your life as an example. They'll, they'll ask you about the hope that you have. It'll be a light to them. It'll be salt to them. And it'll minister to them. Let's just pray this morning.